Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right. I am your host, Kurt Sambig, and welcome to another live edition of Paranormal Almanac. Tonight's edition is something special, though. It's not going to be just me. It's not going to be just me and Stitch. I have a special guest. That's right. With me is Lisa O'Hara, author of Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back and How You Can Too. The one that I was talking about, I think maybe last week on the live edition. That's right alien abductee that you guys will be able to ask questions listen to our interview live you'll be part of it as much as you want to be part of it let me move this down here so you guys can see there you go stitches here as well we're all ready to go so before i introduce you to lisa let me just tell you that i read her book over the past couple of days it's a very interesting read i have a ton of questions for her even though i've got a ton of questions If you guys have any questions, put them down in the chat or towards the end of the interview, I'll turn on the phone lines and you guys can call in and ask yourself whichever you guys prefer. All righty. Just before we get going here, I want to say, hey, howdy, hi to everybody that's already here. I love this. We already got people, you know, popping in already. We're just started and people are popping in. That's what I like to see. So let me make sure I've got everything set up on my end to actually get us going here. Got to go one more thing before we can actually start up. There we go. Now we are ready to go. So let me introduce you guys right now. Do a, I don't know how you're going to do a big howdy, hey, howdy, hi, welcome for her. But I want to introduce you to Lisa O'Hara. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, it is my pleasure. Like I said, I am more than excited to to talk to you and to find out a lot of the questions that I have after reading your book. Um, first of all, how long did it take you to actually write your book? Um, it took me about a month. That's it? Really? Holy crap, I got to get on that. I've been, you know, playing with the idea of writing a book for about two years now, so now I feel even worse. I got yeah. to step up and start doing it. Well, what happened was I was just, I guess I was just ready. I mean, I think sometimes when you're ready, it just comes out of you, right? So that's what happened with me and it was ready and it came out. And when I got stuck, I would just, you know, you know, I did start out with the eight pages. (laughs) See, that's That's what I did. I'm like, I've got this great idea. And I started writing and then I, I'll get back to it or I'll watch more episodes of The Office or, you know, whatever. And then, yeah. It's, it's yeah. getting past that hump. That's the problem. I'm glad that yeah. you did it, though. I did do it, and, uh, you know, it was hard. It was a hard experience because you have to uh, – then you have to find an editor after you've written it, and then they ask you a thousand questions you never thought to answer. Oh, and I so bet. then you have to incorporate all of that in. And Now, did you know the editor that you, you sent it to? Because this I, kind of a topic isn't just like, a, you know, writing a book about, you know, growing up in the 70s or 80s or whatever. You know, this is a very unique topic. 
Yes, that worried me a little bit. So at first I did look around and I tried to use Upwork, but I had a hard time with that because of uh, Upwork, the way they work. So um, what happened was I had uh, befriended, been befriended by uh, Terry Lovelace of uh, Incident at Devil's Den. Yeah, sure. And he encouraged me to write the book and he told me about George Varangos. That is my editor. And he, since he had already done paranormal writing or editing, he... Uh, recommended him and we hit it off and I wanted him to sign an NDA and he did. And there you go. <laughs> really? So that was that yeah. easy. That's great. That's the kind of people that, that it's good to, you know, bump into or good to find out about, Oh, there's, hold on. There's a, a lip sync issue on Twitch. I don't know what a lip sync issue is, but uh, don't worry. They'll get the, the Twitch one worked out. I will, I can always restart the Twitch one. If that is the case, Facebook, let me, you guys, let me know Facebook Live if everything sounds good. So far, it seems to be because people are, you know, already talking. I don't, I, again, I don't know if I, uh, I think I told you, if you click on the comments up in the upper right of your screen, you can actually see the comments coming in. And, and if you, again, if you want to read words a few seconds before oh, wow. the next move. All Holy right, cow. So it There's is a lot good. of people there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. Yeah, so, all right, it is all good on the Facebook side. Uh, the Twitch thing is apparently not my issue, but I will uh, hit refresh, and hopefully that'll take care of itself. Um, okay, so for anybody that doesn't kind of know, even though it's right there in the title, uh, Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back and How You Can Too, it's about alien abductions. Now, when did you first realize that this might be happening or that this is happening to you. It might be that this is happening to you. Um, it was around 2017, actually. I was um, meditating and I was in, in, my, in my bed already meditating because I found that meditation really helped me sleep. And what I did was as I um, was meditating and I suddenly felt a very negative feeling in my room. And you know how you can feel negativity? I mean, oh, sometimes sure. it's really, really strong. Um, and when that happened, I said to my spirit guides, because I was talking to my spirit guides at that time, I said, what in the heck? What is this feeling? You know, where is this coming from? And they said, um, oh, that's the ETs. They're here to come and take you. They took all your eggs. <laughs> is that really and, like the first thing they said was that they, they took, the ETs took all your eggs? Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> that's not how you want to be, you know, how, how you want to find out about something like that. Yeah, so I was uh, not, I was shocked, but I felt really afraid at that point because I didn't know I had been taken by aliens before and I didn't know that I was, had, you know, that they were in my room now. So I was really, really scared. Well, I, the next question I was going to ask you is one that just popped up in the chat. So I'll throw it up on the screen. Alexandra said, I'm curious if you were skeptical or even knew of or thought about aliens before this incident. I did. I wondered about them. I really was very, very interesting, uh, interested in it. I read all kinds of books. I, I did feel kind of lucky that I wasn't an abductee, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, because you know it's really scary sounding. Oh, it's um, terrifying. But at the same, um, what is it? Whitley Strieber's book Communion that, that that terrified me growing up. Yes, that is a terrifying book, and I had actually uh, early on. A few, quite a few years ago, when I was married before, uh, when I was 28, I had read um, or half of uh, Bud Hopkins' Intruders. Oh, that's another. And, oh man. 
That was so scary to me. I remember throwing it across the room. I was just <laughs> like, I'm not reading this anymore. Now, when I, I cannot read, even sleep. Oh, God, yeah. I was going to say, when I read Communion, A, I couldn't sleep, and B, I started to wonder, oh, my God, is this happening to me, too? Because he didn't really know <laughs> at the beginning, and, and thankfully, as far as I can tell, it isn't happening to me. But so you did, you so you knew about him, and then once the spirit guide told you, hey, it's happening to you, were you like okay, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? Why am I waiting? To, why am I finding out about it now? Um, you know what? I didn't have any of those thoughts. I think my first thought was just terror. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't uh, think to ask any questions about it. But um, then I immediately fell asleep after that. So I felt like, you know, something had happened. I didn't know what it was. And so that's one of the problems is that when you're, when they come into your room, you are knocked out. So, you know, you don't even have time to ask any questions of your spirit guides. Oh, sure. Now, I know that's going to be a question uh, that someone's going to ask, but I'm going to ask it now um, because I was very interested when I read it in your book. Um, can you describe the aliens? Um, a lot of them that I've seen um, are actually not greys. They're actually praying mantis. Uh, that's who come into my room. Um, I've had several encounters with them. I've seen groups of them in brown robes in my den. I've just, it just seems like they're all about seven foot tall. I mean, they're tall and they're large. And so, um, you know, when they come by your bed, you know, it's interesting, but you don't, you feel not, not for me, I wasn't frozen in fear, but I was felt kind of, um, almost like fascinated and not paralyzed, but like I was so fascinated I couldn't move because well, sure. it was so they're giant, they're giant insects. The praying mantises, even the tiny ones are scary as all get out. So you got a seven foot tall one in your room. Now, yeah. so, they, so they actually came into your room. It wasn't like you were floated up, you know, like some abductees say they were floated out their window or through a wall right. and up into the UFO. Yeah, one of the one of the times I saw one was um, that I you know could articulate it is that I I had uh, cut my leg on a recycle bin and uh, my foot my leg started throbbing and all of a sudden a praying mantis appeared <laughs> so it was sort of like okay um, you know did you question I guess your this is an implant. What? Did you question your sanity like right then and there? Because that's to be the first thing I did. I was like, okay, obviously I've, I've snapped. I'm seeing giant praying <laughs> mantises. This is a mental snap. Um, No, I was, like I said, I was fascinated. And I also thought, oh my gosh, if I'm really seeing this, it must be real. I mean, to me, it was finally I'm seeing one, you know? Sure. <laughs> I finally get to see what's taking me. What are they doing? I don't know. But oh my gosh, I never would have thought it was a bug. <laughs> Wait, was now were you, did this first when this happened? Were you married? Were someone was someone lying in the bed next to you? If I can ask that personal yes. question. Yeah, but my husband falls asleep like a stone as soon as his head hits the pillow. So oh. he was not awake for it. Nice. Good job. Thanks, hubby. Now you're, you know, you're getting taken away by praying mantises and he's having a pleasant night's sleep. That's, uh, exactly. Yeah. Now, did you But ever... also, oh, sorry, go ahead. But who knows if they'd are also knocked him out. I don't know if I could have at that time if I'd have thought of it, woken him up. Well, that's so. true. Yeah, cuz I mean, there's a lot of abductees that say that their significant other is knocked out or even their pet are knocked out when they're taken out of the room. So that is a right. good Yeah, that's true. That's a very good possibility. Now, did you ever see a gray alien or has it always been the praying mantises? 
I have seen little beings kind of in shadows, but I haven't really seen a gray in particular. Um, I've seen them just in the shadows, like as if an, a black outline. So, uh, but they look, it, the outline looks like a gray, but I can't say for sure. Sure, sure. Now, could you describe for us? Because, I mean, look, I don't ever want to be abducted, but <laughs> I've always wanted to see the inner workings of a UFO. Were you ever awake enough that you could describe the scenario that you were brought into? No. Um, what I had to do was I had to do a remote view to see the insides of some of the ships. And um, I've seen, um, you know, most of them seem from my, the ships that I would take on were uh, completely white. Sometimes they had giant windows in the front. Sometimes they had, uh, I didn't see a lot of controls, but, or I saw operating rooms uh, that were uh, uh, like under the sea, so to speak. Under the um, sea? Yeah. Nope. Like in Antarctica or, you know, just underwater. So really? underwater operating rooms. Now, you mentioned, speaking of operating rooms, you mentioned, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned that there were human doctors on board the UFOs. Yes. Who, not that I don't expect you to <laughs> know the answer, but who, who are these human doctors and why are they doing experiments on you in a UFO? I don't know. All I can say is, is that possibly they were, um, you know, maybe they have some sort of technology and maybe they're working together. I don't know. I mean, it's frustrating to think that, you know, humans are helping other humans experiment on us. You know what I mean? So well, sure. I mean, there are but there are a lot of people that do think that the aliens and the governments around the world have made some sort of pact, especially in the 50s, supposedly. Um, right. So that is a big possibility. But the fact that they would be not only just working with the aliens, but doing experiments against your will, let's be honest, on, right. some, on another human is mind-blowing to me. Yes, it was. It was mind-blowing to me, too, and actually pretty aggravating because, um, you know, it's one thing just to have, you know, insects working on you, but then to also have human beings, it makes you feel like a very big, you know, a giant guinea pig for oh, them. Sure. Especially when they first thing you find out is that they have taken your eggs. I mean, that's just invasive on top of invasive. Now, did it you is. ever hear any, did you ever hear the humans talking to the aliens or the aliens talking? And if so, how did they communicate? Yeah, I've heard, well, with some of the aliens, uh, they're basically doing with telepathy. Um, the humans, you know, it's funny. It's, I don't really remember um, a lot of talking, but it's possible that I was just... Um, you know, either too too fascinated by the situation that I was seeing, or I just I saw certain things. But I think they did talk, but I don't know. I, I don't actually remember. I think a lot of times they were pretending to talk. So, for instance, they were moving their mouths while they were talking with their heads, sort of to give me the impression that they were talking when they really weren't. Sure. <laughs> kind of apparently, kind of what's happening with you and I on Twitch right now. Apparently we're, you know, <laughs> giving the impression of talking. Um, well, yeah. Russ has got a great question. He says, Miss O'Hara, has there ever been anything to indicate why you were quote unquote picked? Was there anything about where you lived, any past generation of a family, a member, or perhaps just random chance? You know, it's a good question. My, um, I, I do think that my whole family has been uh, involved in it, but I don't think, you know, I think some people it's just too scary for them. My father was scared to death of uh, science fiction. 
He would never read anything or watch anything having to do with science fiction. And once I found that out, it kind of made sense to me that maybe he was (laughs) also an abductee. I mean, hey, um, my, I grandfather, had some fam- my, my grandfather what? would never watch World War II movies because he was in World War II. So that does totally make sense to me. Right. Uh, then I also had some um, relatives who were not not psychic, you know, as if like a medium or anything like that. But my grandmother would have dreams and uh, she would have dreams of crossing a river. If she was able to cross the river, the news was good. If she was not able to cross the river, the news was bad. And so I always thought that because aliens usually uh, seem to give people a more of a um, psychic bent or open their mind, I always wondered if my grandmother was one too. Interesting. So it could be a familial thing that's going back generation to generation. It could be. Um, Jeff is asking, he's like, weird question, but what about smells? Smelling or smells always trigger memories. Do you remember any? Uh, no, I don't. I do have some certain weird smells every once in a while that I smell, but no. One of the things that would happen to me when I was younger, and it's happened since uh, since I wrote this book and during, was that I would see a white circle, and I would see it in my bed. I remember seeing it when I was 11, and I lived in Alabama, and it was scary to me. And it was scary to me in a way that I didn't understand why it was scary. So I saw it and I immediately said, oh no, you know, like I knew what that was, but yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, writing the book and also recently I've seen it before. And, um, you know, so that's something that triggers me uh, into fear. Oh, sure. And you did mention in the book, um, I, I, obviously I'm not going to give up, give away everything in the book. You guys need to read Abducted and Furious, <laughs> How I Fought Back and How You Can Too. But one thing that I thought was very interesting that I'd never thought about was that you said to smell the clothes that you put out for the next day. And could you kind of talk about that? Because I really thought that was very interesting. (laughs) Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, once I found out they'd stolen all my eggs and they also were taking me every night, it was just something I noticed that, you know, I noticed that my clothes smelled and they smelled like BO and feet. And so it was just kind of like this dark smell, kind of like a smell when when something's been in the laundry hamper too long. Sure. Um, You know, just dark. But anyway, um, I smelled them and I thought, that is really bad. So I thought, well, maybe I didn't put enough laundry detergent in. So, um, you know, and I tried different things and I tried moving them out of the laundry room, which is also the cat box room, um, quickly. Uh, so they wouldn't absorb any smells. But eventually I realized that when I put clothes on my counter to wear the next day, uh, I, I would could could recognize that that meant that I'd left. I'd left in the middle of the night and worn those clothes. <laughs> so that's what happened. So I just finally started realizing clues. And that's when I realized this is something. This is really something because how would I have my clothes smell so bad? They smelled fine last night, exactly. and now they don't. What happened in the middle of the night if you weren't wearing them to make them all of a sudden smell like B.O. and feet, like you say in the book? Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and, and again, it's neat because the book is about how you can fight back, too. And there's a lot of tips in the book about that. Um, did, any, did you ever talk to any other abductees for input in the book? Uh, no, I couldn't find any. That's one of my problems. Uh, the reason I wrote the book was because I was looking for people like me. 
Um, a lot of people who I talk to, I, I, w- I have talked to a lot of people that are con- call themselves contactees. Sure. Because contactee is different than abductee. Contactees are happy that they're being contacted. They, uh, you know, see their hybrid children. They see it as a good thing. They feel good about it. Um, but ab- abductees like me, um, well, I can't find any who will admit that they're an abductee for one. Or talk about it because talking about it is hard. So imagine <laughs> yeah. you talk about this, you write a book, everybody knows about it now. Well, so that's, that's where kind of where I was going to lead to for my next question was going to be talking about it is like you said, is very hard on a few different levels, but one of the levels, and this is what I get from a lot of my listeners is they're happy that there is a safe place. This show is a safe place where you can talk about it without being judged because that's instantly right. everybody goes, Oh, well, you're crazy. That's the end of that. You're crazy. And it's so right. tough. How does it how does it make you feel like how did it make you feel, though? I guess is the question when when you realized, look, something is happening to me. I'm not crazy. This isn't in my head. Like, how did you fight that? How did you get past that? Um, I think for me, because I'm sort of a detective, <laughs> I think I, I initially just started thinking about this is so weird and I have to stop this and um, I don't like this and I don't agree to this. And and so I just started thinking about it in terms of how I could stop it from happening. And so I really went from there and um, I, I utilized other people. So I had a person who was a medium who was trying to help me with it and she thought I had a, um, a soul contract to, that I initially when I first was born here to become an abductee. And so, um, you know, I ran with that for a while and finally determined that she was wrong. And I didn't, first of all, I didn't believe her that I agreed to any of this. (laughs) But secondly, I let her try everything and it didn't work. I'm kind of glad that you mentioned, you brought up the soul contract because that was one of the questions that I have towards the bottom about the soul contract and reincarnation and... I didn't know how I felt about it, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't think that there is some contract that I can make prior to being Kurt that would mean, hey, guess what, Kurt, in, on the physical plane, you're going to be abducted throughout your life. That just right. kind of, that kind of, it didn't sit right with me. And I don't know why it didn't sit right, other than it's just a, you know, a different theory than a lot of other abductees have. Right, right. Um, I agree with you, and I didn't want to, I, I didn't believe it either. It just seemed, you know, it just seemed not right. You know, it just yeah. didn't sit well with me. That's exactly it. it that's, when I read it, I was like, no, I, don't, I can't get behind that. I mean, there's obviously right. never going to be any proof of it, but even without the proof, I just couldn't get behind it. It just didn't really work or, or, or sync up for me, I guess, is the better way of saying right, it. Right, right. Alicia asks, she says, um, do you think this has been happening since you were little or only in your adult life? Um, I do think it's been happening since I was little. And in my book, I do talk about that. I did some remote views and saw quite a bit of it happening. Um, and I don't remember any of it. And I think that's by design. I think that if you remembered it, everything, uh, you would uh, probably kill yourself. I don't know. Well, yeah. How could you ever go to sleep? I mean, if that was the case, I would be taking every pep pill imaginable to never sleep and hence go crazy and die. Um, right. So Jacob has a good question. What gave you the urge to fight back? Um, just anger. I mean, after the fear wore off, you know, I just thought, how dare they? <laughs> and 
Um, <laughs> That's interesting. So you did get past the fear. Obviously, there's always going to be a fear of a seven foot tall praying mantis. But you, there was a point where you got past it and you were like, no, I'm, I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, well, you know, um, it's interesting. So when my uh, spirit guide told me about, uh, you know, taking all my eggs, now I don't have any children and I never had the urge to have children. So if I, so they took that from me. <laughs> That's how I saw it as sure, um, sure. you they, took that away from me. Yeah. They're stealing something without your permission and the most, exactly. again, the most intimate steal that you could do to a person. Exactly. Uh, that's good. I like the fact, though, that you were like, that's enough. Enough is enough. So fighting back, has it has it stopped the abductions or are you still being abducted? I am still being abducted a little bit. It's calmed way down. So um, when I when I wrote the, I looked for tools and, you know, when I utilized the medium, she we used every tool she could come up with. Nothing worked. And I finally uh, found some other tools which are in the book. And I uh, started utilizing them. And, you know, I had some trial and error because, you know, when you have these things going on, you have to trial and error it. But um, when I got, when I started going, I started seeing progress right away. And now um, I would say I'm probably, instead of four times a night being abducted, I'm probably only abducted one time a night. And, and one of the parts of my book, I talk about being poked in the eye by some of the Oh, aliens yeah. and i don't get poked in the eye anymore that eye stuff really especially when you said it was the right eye because my right eye i've always had i've got uh, a corneal degeneration in my right eye and then you started mentioning some things in the book again i won't spoil it for everybody but read it but things that really kind of hit home with my right eye to the right. point where i was like nope don't like that page moving on to the next one <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, so, but it's still once a night is a cut down, is a cut back from. Yes. Holy it was four God. times a night and probably more because, you know, it's, if they have, if they wipe your memory, I mean, you really have no idea how often you're actually going somewhere. You don't know how long you've been gone. You just have no idea. You, they're taking away all, all of your information. And that's what really made me really mad was because. They're taking away, they have their own agenda. They're taking away your memories. You do don't know what's going on. Do you get a good night's sleep or do you never get a good night's sleep? Or is um, what they're giving you, giving you a good night's sleep? Well, what used to happen was I would wake up uh, almost, well, I would fall asleep. Well, okay, so let me back up. So they come into my room. Um, I they call. I call. Start. I change the name a couple of times of these things, but um, now I call them sleep darts because that's what it feels like. It feels like you're hit with a dart and you are knocked out. Sometimes you're knocked out mid thought. Um, and so when that happens, you know you're going to fall asleep. There's no way out of this. Um, and so you do. But then or when you come back, you wake up. And so. Um, I, initially, I wasn't getting a lot of good sleep. Uh, also, I would try to stay up as long as I could. Um, sometimes I'd move around in my house to, you know, fool them. Sure. Or I'd put up cameras, but it doesn't work. Now, this is actually a really good question. I love the fact that her daughter asked it. She says, my daughter has a question. What was the first thing that caught your eye when you realized you're on a UFO? Um, Just looking around to the, you know... Yeah, insides. <laughs> Were you interested in being on a UFO? Were you, did you, I mean, look, I don't want to ever be abducted, but like I said, I've always wanted to see the UFO or the inside of a UFO. Were you ever aware enough or, or 
could you disconnect enough from what was happening to you to be like, this is a UFO. This is something that's extraterrestrial and able to kind of look it around and get bearings on it. I know you said you have to always do the, the hypnotic regression or whatnot, but was, right. was it ever have, do you ever have that thought process to in, investigate the UFO? You know what, when you do the remote view, unfortunately, what's happening is your mind is showing you um, the gist of the situation. And so it's not like, I guess you could theoretically look around, but a lot of times your mind is showing you what you need to see. Sure. So um, I, I didn't really see a lot. There were times when I did see some of their uh, machinery, like... Um, they had like a long shiny arm with two needles on it, two needles on the end, one stuck in my head and one stuck, you know, in my neck or something like that. In your neck? And so, neck? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I, 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 I think, unfortunately, there's sort of like a tunnel vision or maybe there's just not a lot going on. Maybe they have you in an exam room and there's no, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the rest. It's of like the any other stuff. exam room yeah, exactly. <laughs> where there's not a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's out there, yeah. Um, well, this is a good question. Um, Lauren said it's probably a stupid question or something I missed, but have you ever put cameras in your room? I did actually. I did initially. I put up some nanny cams, you know, some that look like frames, or I put a fake picture in. And here's what would happen: uh, my when I would go to look at it the next day, it was off, or it was on, but it wasn't working. Really? So nothing, yes. like it would just be gaps in the recording? There would be no recording. And there would be, the even though I had turned it on, now it was in between and it wasn't working. What about like a neighbor's ring cam or nest cam or something like that? If you, you figure if they're coming down in a UFO, maybe a neighbor's cameras, something that's not connected to you, will be able to have yeah. you check it out. I don't know. I've never, well, first of all, I didn't want to tell my neighbors because I didn't <laughs> want them to think I was crazy. But um, no, all cameras I had in my house just stopped working. Any any thoughts of getting like a security system and seeing if they disable that as well? I do have a security system. I haven't seen them disable it. Um, but at that point, um, there was just nothing, there was nothing on any cameras. So. Oh, that is frustrating as crap to be able to yeah. like, Hitch, it's cool, buddy. Sorry for everybody. There's they're setting up for a com TV commercial outside my house. Not my house is going to be on it, but my neighbors. So Stitch is just letting me know about all these idiots outside my house. But uh, to get back to the good stuff, though, uh, or not good stuff, but your stuff. Um, so, um, like like you were saying, the 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 eye implant. You talk about that a lot in the book, and then you talk about going to an ophthalmologist. What came of that? Was there any uh, or any of your implants? You know what? I went to the. I've gone to the. I go to the ophthalmologist pretty regularly because, as a disclaimer, I have glaucoma. But um, my eye doctor does not see anything in there. I mean, I have like these little pointy things that look like, I don't know, kind of like aloe vera plants in the corner of my left eye, and I also have, um, you know, uh, the bright eye implant in my right eye and it's just really frustrating but they can't see anything they everything's normal as far as they're concerned really? and also if you tell them that you have uh, bright lights in your eyes the first thing they're going to say is you have glaucoma oh sure oh yeah or in <laughs> so, my case corneal degeneration i mean there's always something yeah right and so i already have glaucoma so 
Now, There's just about, nothing to say. Now, what about other implants or evidence that they, they kind of leave behind? Have you managed to get anything that could be considered for the skeptics? Because I always get skeptics who listen to my show, and they always right. bum me out when they say, like, or they always get on my case, I should say, about, like, why didn't you ask, is there any concrete evidence? You know what? I did, I mean, this was quite a few years ago. It was before I found this out. Um, what happened was I had a, um, this is the only time I found anything of, of sub, sub, substance, but I had a ingrown hair like on my thigh and I pulled it off and underneath there was a hole. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but in, I, I could feel this little marble. So I kept squeezing at it and trying to get it out. I finally got it out and it was like a flesh marble. That's what it felt like. And I didn't cut it open or anything. I didn't have, I was in a hotel and I didn't have a knife sure. <laughs> or else I would have. But um, it just slowly, it was like, since it wasn't in my skin anymore, it just died. And it just shrunk down and it was gone. It just disappeared. <laughs> you never, never put it under a microscope or took close up pictures with your cell phone I should or have. like that? I should have, but it didn't occur to me. I just, this weird thing I found in my body. Yeah. Well, look, I don't want to take photos of the weird things I find in my body. So I get that. I can, I can get behind that. Um, but still, like, there's, it's, do you think that they're tracking you with an implant or do you think they're always monitoring you? How do they, how are they finding you? Or do they find you if you go on vacation? Yes, they do find me. Because uh, for a while I was tracking, you know, in my book, I, you know, there were times when I was just writing down any data I could because I just didn't know what was important. So I, I started noticing a pattern that um, usually, but not all the time, on the sixth or the seventh of the month, I would have two low-flying planes or and or a helicopter fly over my house. Yeah. And so uh, wherever I was, if I was there on the sixth or the seventh, they were there. And this still so, happens, like like clockwork. No, it stopped. So oh. that's one of the things. Right now, it stopped. Now, do you think that you were making? Because I read that in the book, and then I was wondering, again, on the skeptic side of the brain, were you kind of trying to make connections that might not be there? Like, you know, like if I say to somebody, hey, tomorrow, guys, you're going to see a red car, and you're going to yeah. start looking for a red car, and it makes you notice the red car. Um, I don't think so, because, I, I mean, I could be. I'm not going to say it's not. But um, I think that I, at the time I was just writing things down uh, as it happened. And then once, uh, you know, one time it happened on the 6th or the 7th and the next month when it happened on the 6th or the 7th, then I thought, hmm, you know. Yep, yep. Put a check mark next to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it might have come happened on the 25th, but then the next month it happened on the 6th or 7th. Or maybe it would skip a month. And then the next month it would be the 6th or the 7th. So you know, I wrote it all down, not knowing what was important, you know, but I did notice that um, no matter where I was, they did find me. Well, look, patterns, well, patterns. patterns are patterns. Like when, right. when I talk about a lot of the stuff, um, when, when I hear from a lot of the listeners and they call in and they start telling the same stories and these are listeners from around the world and I start noticing patterns myself, it's hard not to notice the patterns. And I start kind of doing that same thing, checking off. Oh, you had, yeah. you had a girl in your family around 12 or 13 when this started happening, and you start to see this stuff. So, yeah, I can right. get behind that totally. Um, yeah. Now, um, were they unmarked planes? Were they unmarked helicopters? Were they black helicopters? Um, it's hard to know because a lot of times it was like the middle of the night. 
But um, when I have heard the helicopters go way over my house at, uh, at, at, during the daytime, you know, I'll go out there and I can't see anything. I can hear the helicopter noise, but I can't see anything. And it's really close. So I can't figure out why I can't see them. You know, and it made me wonder, I mean, maybe this is outlandish, but, you know, um, whether or not outlandish, go ahead. (laughs) You know, maybe they were cloaked. I mean, maybe they just wanted to sound like they were a helicopter. And so they wouldn't worry. I don't know. Or maybe Um, it was a real helicopter that was cloaked. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) If look, if they're working, if and when I say they, if whoever these humans are that are working with aliens are, are really out there working with aliens. Who's to say that they, I mean, look, the, the Navy just released a bunch of stuff saying that UFOs are real. They're otherworldly. The governments from around the world is an Israeli guy that just came out with a bunch of stuff saying, look, UFOs are real. Aliens are real. So why wouldn't we have their technology if we're really exactly. working with them? Exactly. Now, what about men in black? Have you ever experienced the men in black? There's a lot of abductees that say, then I was visited by men in black. No, I, I haven't. I, maybe it's because I've never actually see a, seen a UFO in the sky. Maybe that only happens with people who, who see, who, you know, who get picked up off the street. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. This is actually really interesting. Josh has a great question and then a reason for this great question. He says, do you have big power lines by your house? Because helicopters check power lines and usually do it the same time every month, which I never would have known that. He wow. Work, he he yeah, works it, I, so he would know. Uh, I do, yeah. So there's something to think about. There might be chance that there's a quote unquote rational explanation for the helicopters. Um, I don't know if that helps, but at least there's, I mean, that's again, somebody who knows what he's talking about. He works in that industry. So that's really interesting. I never, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That makes me feel better. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. I love my audience. They're the best. The fans are the best. Um, Now, Here's a question that I had because, again, reading a lot about abductees and stuff, there's a lot of abductees that say that they're protected or kept healthy because of the abductions. Do you feel that's true for you? Um, kind of. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I haven't, no, I have a lot of um, issues myself. I have asthma. And so you'd think that I would be like the canary with the COVID virus. That's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I haven't gotten it. And um, so I don't know. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of times when they are, maybe they're keeping me healthy so they can experiment on me with in more horrible ways. I don't know. Well, that's that give and take with that, that, that statement by abductees where they're like, well, you know, I'm kept healthy but they're doing horrific experiments every night to my face and my body, you know? So they you know, is that really right. a good thing? But it is something that they've, a lot of them have noticed that they feel like they're kept healthy or they're kept away from COVID or cancer or whatnot um, because they're being experimented on. I can see that because I do feel that way sometimes. Um, but you know, that is so self-serving. Sure, really, sure. Right? Oh, yeah. And again, it's it's not the best. You know, like if someone says to me, like, hey, it's so good that you're healthy. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy I'm healthy. But if someone says to you, it's so good you're healthy because they're abducting you every night. It's not exactly the same compliment. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the um, what is your husband who you said was abducted? What does he think about the abductions? 
He hasn't been abducted as far as far as I know. Oh, he hasn't been abducted. Okay, I take that back. I got that wrong then. So he's he's safe. Um, he hasn't been abducted. To my knowledge, I, I don't know because he falls asleep right away. Um, but um, he, well, I think at first he was, at first he poo pooed me, and uh, which actually at the very beginning it really made me feel better. It made me feel like I shouldn't have this runaway fear, you know, about it. But then uh, once I got angry and everything about the ETs because it kept step, kept happening, I uh, at first I was just really annoyed that he just wouldn't take my word for it. <laughs> and then, and then um, now I just don't tell him too much because it's just I kind of need in some ways uh, somebody who doesn't um, isn't living my life because I need grounding. I need to feel normal. Oh, I need sure. to feel, you know, like my life is still my life. Not all about this. Not all in my head. Not all ET. Well, that's actually kind of good that you say that. I like the fact that you said that because there is a lot of abductees, again, that only find other abductees. And that's that's their whole life. They're, they get rid of everything else. It's all-encompassing about the abduction. Yeah, I, I don't think that's very, it's not healthy for me. I, I need a break from that. Oh, definitely. And so, you know, like I, I remember recently, I like to read about everything. And they were talking about uh, targeted individuals. And they were talking about people who are abductees might be also targeted individuals. And they were saying that, you know, they just drop everything and just talk to targeted individuals and compare notes and everything. And while I do want to find the, my people, I don't want to only find my people. Sure. You know, I want to have uh, somebody who kind of grounds me, brings me back to the ground. Yeah, you have to have that. You have to have balance in anything. Like, like I again, I love everything paranormal, but then I've got friends that I don't talk about anything paranormal with. You have to have, like you said, that balance, that that self-centering kind of a balance that some people kind of give you. Now, do, right. do you find, though, that it is kind of therapeutic or cathartic to talk about it in a situation kind of like this? Oh, yeah. This is actually the best because I'm talking to other people who either have experiences or have an open mind. And I really need that because, yeah, it's good to say, do you have power lines next to your house? That's good because it really does give you some, you know, grounding. So, you know, that could be a reason. Because I didn't know that. Yeah, and so, either, yeah. but also to be able to talk freely about what's really happening to you is also very good because uh, you need that. You need that support. Ooh, Rodney's got a scary question, but I'm going to put it up here and ask it anyway. Do you ever think that one day you'll be abducted for good and never put back? That's terrifying. Um, I don't know. It's a good question, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Does that fear ever I, I, enter your? Has it ever entered your mind? No, that's never entered my mind. Well, my thanks, mind Rodney. is really focused on getting out of this situation <laughs> and never having it happen again. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the other thing. So you are fighting back, and you do talk about being able to kind of push it back or lessen the amount of it. Do you ever think that you're going to get to that point or have the ability to fight it off? completely i believe i will because i'm pretty determined and stubborn <laughs> and so <laughs> i believe that i will be able to finally stop it and also understand it all because the other part of fighting back is you know if you guys are abductees any of you in this audience 
you know, if you put the effort in to fight back and you go through the exercises in my book, you can find out what's really happening. That's what's so important about it because we're all different and we all have different experiences. I have never met anyone like me yet. Um, so I'm hoping that eventually I will. And when I do, uh, we can trade stories and maybe trade information. Sure. Oh, definitely. Now, do you ever go to like the UFO conventions or any of those kind of conventions? Yes, I went last. Uh, the last time there was one in Phoenix, I went to it. That was my first one. And um, and so, yeah, when they start up again after COVID, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. Now, between you and I and this audience, um, I've been to a, a number of these UFO conventions. And then some of these people are crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, like Maybe. There's a couple where I'm just like, nope. Sorry, I can look, I can get behind you. I can get behind a lot of stuff, but then I have my limit. And then some of the stuff that I was like, no, nope, sorry, not <laughs> happening. Um, like what? Like who? Well, I mean, there's there was a person that was that was working for MUFON. You talk about MUFON in your book, so you know who they are. Yeah. She talks about MUFON and how, you know, like she would almost belittle people. She was on a panel. She almost belittled a bunch of uh, people that, in the audience about um, you know, well, you should have gotten video. You should have gotten evidence. You should have gotten this. And I was like, well, that's good. That's good that she's saying that. And then she spent 10 minutes talking about a UFO encounter where they went up and flew above her for 25 minutes. And I was, and I was like, um, how come you didn't take video? And, and, and she's like, well, this was just for me personally. And I was like, nope, sorry. You're a crazy person. I do not believe you. Like there's just yeah. some stuff besides the other people that were like, you know, I, I was abducted by an alien and me and Abraham Lincoln went to Venus and then we landed on Venus and he had my baby and it was a half alien, half Abraham Lincoln baby. And I'm like, no, you just need help. <laughs> now I don't yeah. feel that way with you. I'm honest. I will be, I'll, I would have told you, but um, no, I, I, like I said, I really thought your book was really interesting because it's not just, this is what's happened to me or it is kind of, this is what's happened to me. But at the end of it, it's like, and it could happen to you. And if it does happen to you, here's what you can do. Here's some steps that I've learned throughout my life that might help other abductees. And that's what I liked about it, that you weren't just thinking of yourself. You're trying to help people that might be in the same situation as yourself. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. I, I mean, once I realized it really did work because, you know, at first you're doing it, you don't know how if it's really working for you. Um, but once you realize it, then, you know, I feel like it would be too selfish to keep it for myself. I should share this as much as possible. That's good. And the sharing so, of knowledge, paranormal knowledge, especially it only benefits because there is going to be somebody that listens to this and goes, that is a lot of what's happening to me, or that kind of ticks off the something that might be happening to me and they might be able to reach out to you for help. That's right. I like that a lot. Um, oh, there's a good question. Have you ever tried to draw pictures of what the aliens look like or describe them to an artist to make the sketches? Even though they look like giant praying mantises and everybody knows what a praying mantis is, have you ever thought about doing the any the, the machine that you, that you said, the needle in the neck thing, any of that stuff? Well, I try to draw them crudely in my journal. <laughs> but um, no, I haven't. I've never thought of, but that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I always like to see because if I can't, I mean, people send me drawings of when they see Bigfoot. I don't know if you if you believe in Bigfoot or not, but people send me drawings of Bigfoot and 
it's really interesting some of the details that they've caught that other people haven't because that's what, you know, they were more focused on the nose or they're more focused on the mouth or the eye or whatever. Okay. So, you know, it's that kind of a conglomerate once all these other pictures come in that you can get a really detailed image of it. Yeah, that's really a good, good point. Next time, if I see a praying mantis, I will definitely try to study it because uh, in the times that I did see them, one of them was uh, just came in to knock me out and use some sort of like um, tuning fork or something. And um, so I didn't get a good, good a view of him um, or her. Cause I don't know. Sure. I don't know if they're yeah, good <laughs> him point. or her. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Is it a him or a her? Uh oh, you're froze. I, Hopefully you can still hear me. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I'm sure the picture will catch back up in a second. Um, so that's a good, that, that makes me ask a question. How do they hold a syringe? How does a praying mantis hold a syringe? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's why I thought, you know, it must be people. I mean, I didn't think it could be. Um, do you want me to do something about my... Uh... Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, you don't have to, but I was just trying to see if I could do something, but it doesn't look like I can. I just want you to be able to, you know, Oops. you know, not worry about the video part of it. And if all else fails, yeah. what you can do is you can always log back in with that same link. And, and okay. that, that might do it. Let me see if it's my little technical difficulties. It's always the way we got about an hour in before the technical difficulty tonight. So that's actually pretty good for this show. I'm going to go back to me and I'm going to let her in the meantime, she's actually working on her camera. So while she's working on her camera, um, this will give you guys a chance to think up any questions. And if you want to call, we've now hit that part of the show. I'll put the number up as soon as she rejoins so that you guys can actually call in and ask her your questions as well. Because um, I want to give you guys the chance to ask a question. If you want to just ask a question, you can ask a question um, instead of just putting it in the chat. But you don't have to call in if you don't want to call in. It's just, you know, a different, another option. But in the meantime, think about your questions. If you want to ask any questions in the chat room, go ahead and do it. Oh, thank you, Alicia. I'm glad you're enjoying this interview. I Like I said, I really enjoyed her book because it's different different from every other abduction book that I've read. And when she reached out saying, Hey, I've got this book. Would you like me to be on the show? I said, yeah, even if I don't a hundred percent believe her, I would want her to be on the show because it's such an interesting topic to be able to talk to somebody that has been abducted by a UFO, which is absolutely terrifying to me to not have any control to just want to go to bed. All you want to do is go to bed and you're abducted and then medical experiments and then her eggs are taken. Oh, that's right. There was a question. I think Josh asked it about, has she ever had that, you know, check that her eggs are truly gone? I think that's a fantastic question. If she comes back, hopefully fingers crossed, she comes back in a second. When she comes back in, I can ask her that question. Cause I, I really like that question because again, it's that evidence and that's what, that's the kind of stuff it's hard. How do you get evidence of an abduction when you have no control over the abduction, but at the same time, there's gotta be some kind of proof, some kind of evidence other than just her, her journal, her, her own stories. But even without that, it's damn interesting as well. Uh, while you're waiting, what are those spooky books you guys mentioned at the beginning? Oh, the, the big one that got me was communion by Whitley Strieber. Absolutely terrifying book about alien abductions. Absolutely terrifying. They didn't even wait for her to go to sleep before they abducted her. God, that would be the worst, wouldn't it? Her, her camera freezes. I could have caught them on camera tonight, 
but nope, the camera freezes. Um, but yes, um, boy, wouldn't that be the way that she gets abducted tonight while on the air? The sh- her camera freezes. Next thing you know, you hear the skittering of a, of a ginormous insect. Oh, that's terrifying as I'll get out. Or the alien comes back. That's even better, Josh. Or it comes back on. The camera comes back on, and then I'm talking to a giant fucking praying mantis. That's terrifying as I'll get out as well. Oh, if that happens, A, it'll be an amazing interview, and I'm going to get a ton of listens and views. B, I'm going to pee a little. I'm telling you right now. If I see a giant praying mantis when she comes back, I'm going to pee a little. You've been warned. And we're at the hour, so Stitch will probably pee a little bit too. Government shut her down. That's right. Just when, uh, again, just when the, the, the good is getting good, they shut her down. Here's the cover of her book, in case you guys didn't see it. Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back and How You Can Too, a true story by Lisa O'Hara. It's on Amazon. She sent me the, the Kindle version of it on Amazon, Amazon, and I, like I said, absolutely crazy stories in there. Um, I'm glad that she talked a little bit about that soul contract, though, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it before she said it, but I didn't get it. I didn't buy that crap. That that soul contract. It didn't sit right with me. So I'm glad she said the same thing. Boy, I really, really hope that she comes back on because I was really enjoying that interview. And and a delightful woman, right? Uh, to that soul contracts raises the question of galactic lawyers. Yeah, seriously, there's some that I'm just like, nope, she's been zooked. Yeah, yeah, seriously, Zuckerberg, can you not? I was talking to her. We were having a great conversation. I, I would feel bad. If that is the case, I'll ask her if she can come back another night because I do want you guys to be able to call in and ask her questions because, again, this was really entertaining and, and a, a genuinely very nice woman that I, I, I thoroughly was enjoying the conversation. There's always something though. There's always never, this never goes off without a hitch. I mean, there's always something that'll happen. And you know, why should tonight be every, any different? That's exactly it, Alexandra. She, can you imagine that she experiences this every night? Exactly. Every night. Hey, there we go. She's back. Hey, howdy. Hi, welcome back. Thank you. Sorry about that. No, uh, Firefox no. crashed and my computer gave me IRQ not less or equal, which is a driver issue. So, oh, no, we were we're everybody was saying that, you know, they were enjoying this is so fascinating. Some people were saying that you got, you know, the, the government came and shut you down. Other people said, oh, God, she got abducted during the interview. Uh, so like, yeah, there was a, but everybody's like, no, bring her back. We want more. I even said just a minute ago, I like, look, if she can't come back, I will invite her any other time because this is a fantastic question. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation so much. Okay. Well, great. Well, what were we talking about when I went on? We started having technical difficulties. I can't recall. It's got to have something to do with abductions. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> I don't have a clue. Uh, uh, but so let me actually open it up to, to people to call in, if you don't mind, if they want to no. call in and ask questions as well. They can still do the same thing. They can still just put it up in the chat room. But if they want to call in, now is your time. Guys, the phone lines are open, 818 818- 732-9399. You guys can call in. You can ask your questions as directly to her as well. Um, but yes, everybody's saying, like, can you imagine that she experiences this every night? Like, how brave are you that you can talk about it or that you can even function every night? 
Well, get kind of when you get angry, then I also I've lost all my fear. So they used to try to scare me, um, you know, every night. Actually, I have a Facebook group called Abducted and Furious with Lisa O'Hara. And um, and I recently posted that, um, oh, my gosh, the ETs, they put up, uh, you know, I have a clock that projects on my ceiling that has my my the time. And it's in red digital letters. And one of the nights that I was there, laying there, looking looking at the time, um, a ET face popped up, a gray with a with a mean mouth, kind of oh. like you know, like an angry mouth. Two of them, and I thought, ha ha, you know, that doesn't scare me. <laughs> really, holy crap, that would terrify me. Uh, Josh has a great question. He said, um, "Have you ever talked to a doctor about?" About the eggs or organs, are you missing any organs? Did you ever get any medical, like, hey, there is something missing or something wrong? Um, no, because you know what? Okay, so, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I am old, much older now. Um, when I was younger, it just didn't seem like um, it was a problem. <laughs> I mean, I I was married uh, before and I'm, I got remarried and my husband at the time, we were going to have children and then we just decided, I mean, then our marriage fell apart. So it was sort of like there was just no uh, reason. It didn't seem like there was a specific reason to get it checked out. You sure. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. At that time. Plus, so I probably would have if I would have known about it. Plus, if, you know, if it was confirmed... Sure, it might give you a little bit of, okay, it was confirmed, or it just might be, yep, that's why I knew that's what it was going to be. So, I mean, there's not yeah. there's not a lot of benefit to it. I can get behind that. But no no missing organs, no surgical uh, stuff that any doctors ever said, well, that's weird. Did you know that this has happened to you? Any, nothing like that, huh? No, nothing like that. Um, I just, I've, I have had some weird little scars, but they're so hard to see. Uh, they're all, they seem to be, and I actually talk about this in one of my, either my remote remote views or my dreams is that they use some sort of little pin to, you know, close you up. And when they do that, it just leaves this faintest little line on your body. And so I don't, you know, if they can't see it and they have, you know, <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. I mean, look, if they're, if they have the ability to abduct you, they should have the ability to cover up whatever they're doing to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So even if there's a thin little line, I mean, I, when I've had scars or weird, um, and in the book I have pictures, if you get the Kindle, the pictures are better. Um, but, um, you know, all these weird little bruises, which don't make sense to me. You know, I had one that looked like a J and a P or an S and a P. And really? it looked like somebody actually, you know, like used a syringe and poked little holes in my skin. SJP, and Sarah Jessica Parker. That's the only thing I can think of. That's, that's, that's <laughs> right. what I got. Really? So they're 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 putting brands on you, if you will. Exactly. And or you I'll mentioned have the a stun bruise gun that looks well. like a six. That's bizarre. So there's actual recognizable things. Like that's the little yeah. square in the Kindle book, like you said, the Kindle version, there is a little square that it does look like a little square on you. I exactly. Can, you know, look, I bump into stuff all the time, clumsy as ever, like, you know, middle of the night letting stitch out or whatever. So I, I, I'm not surprised when I find random cuts or bruises or whatever. But when you see a square bruise, that's different. <laughs> that's interesting. Or a square, you know, a little square of, uh, you know, well, I started calling them stun gun marks because that's what they look like to me. Yeah. They look like two stun gun marks. It looks like a little square. 
Uh, so there's a couple of people, a bunch of people actually, while you were gone and right now as well, that just basically are saying, how does your husband handle all this? Um, does it scare him? Is he angry? Is he confused? Does he now, now that he believes you, it seems like we got to that point where your, your husband is believing you. What does he think of it? This is happening um, to his wife right next to him in bed. Um, he, he, well, he read my book, which I, I was surprised cause I wrote it without, you know, I just wrote it and then I, you know, didn't really, I, he, I, he didn't help me with it at all. Um, he read my book and he, he feels like he understands what I'm going through, but I don't think he can wrap his head around it. I mean, who can, I mean, it's hard yeah. for me to wrap my head around. Sure. And it's happening to you. You, yes. I, it's been, to do, you've been dealing with it forever. You know, you can't even get your head around it. Now, um, I get what they're saying though, about like the anger part of it. Cause that's the thing. Like there's nothing that I can think of that he can do that you haven't done already to try and fight him off or try and stop it. So it's gotta be that frustration, that frustrating anger that he has. Right. Right. I mean, if he, you know, he knows that I'm dealing with it and you know, I mean, there's nothing he can do. And so, I mean, there's, and I'm doing what I can do. So, you know, <laughs> Oh, right. Raphael's got a question and we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but he said he missed it if it was been mentioned already, but how do the beings communicate with you? Now you said they talk, they, they kind of speak telepathically. Do you think that right. they're speaking in a language and then telepathically making it into your head? Or do you think they're not verbally speaking language and they only communicate telepathically? Um, it's a good question. I think that they only communicate telepathically, but I think that a lot of us and me included, when you hear things and, you know, especially in the dark, like when, I, when I had that one praying mantis come to me when I hurt my leg and it was throbbing and I thought it was an implant calling her because it was damaged. Um, I think that she was talking to me in her head and in, to my head. But, you know, at the time, I don't remember thinking, oh, my gosh, her lips are moving. First of all, I don't know if I could find where her lips were. <laughs> I was going to say, what are the lips? The, where where <laughs> yeah, are they? Are they exactly. the pincers? What is it? Yeah. Um, but it was kind of dark and it was in my room. And, you know, it was sort of like one of these things where you just it doesn't occur to you to say, oh, my gosh, that person is talking in my head. Is it a you male know? or female voice? Yeah, um, I remember it being female because um, I remember, you know, I thought of her as as a name like M O M A, Moma, kind of like a mom figure. So I I I felt like it was a motherly figure, so it had to be a woman, but it doesn't have to be, I guess. Sure, you and know, it could be a male. That, that's interesting <laughs> that you you genderized it because you know right. you you would think just trying to think like a, a logical. Someone from America, if there's an authority figure or somebody that's doing something that you're against your will, you think you would give it the masculine identity. And then you went feminine, which is very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it was because this particular one was acting motherly toward me. And I think at that time, that's why I, you know, made the assumption that it was a woman or, you know, a female uh, playing praying mantis rather than a male. I think when I, that one that came in and uh, smacked me uh, and made me fall asleep. Um, oh, yes. That uh, one felt like a male. <laughs> of course. Oh, come on. Now that... <laughs> now, well, it was aggressive, you know, it was yeah. an aggressive thing. And um, he just pointed at me, you know, I don't know if this is covering up my um, no, no, finger. No, yeah, you're there. Here. Yeah. Um, 
And then I fell asleep. So it felt very aggressive, whereas she that one felt motherly. So I don't know. Maybe they're interchangeable. So you think they have personality? Oh, here's a question. Can you pick out which one is which? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Well, no, I like, I just, it dawned on me that, well, that might be a case. Now, Josh said the reason that he was asking about the, um, the missing eggs and the missing organs, he said, the only reason I asked this question, I put it up on the screen, but it's very long. He said, the only reason I asked this question is that I think I've been abducted because, but I saw UFO as a kid. I went my whole life till I was 23 before I found out I have one kidney and also can't have a can't have kids. I think I was born that way, but I had a surgery to remove my appendix as a baby. So I always wondered why they didn't tell my parents then that he was missing a kidney. So you say they took yeah. stuff so you couldn't have kids spooked me because other things you said have almost been similar to things I've experienced but never relate. So wow. you might have somebody in this audience just on before the <laughs> podcast is even released, you might have somebody that might be having the same experience that you have. Wow. I'm sorry and cool. <laughs> That's really interesting. And Josh is a great, great listener, great, uh, you know, person that I've met through this show. So I, I wholeheartedly believe him. Like he doesn't say things just out of, you know, on a whim kind of a thing. Um, let's see, did I, ever, did I get all the questions? Why do you think they stun you with a stun gun? We kind of talked about that. That, that. But that thing, that's the one that stuck me, that they had to stun you with a stun gun. That they don't have the wave and you go to sleep, which they do, but then they also have right. a stun gun. Well, that's why I always thought some of it was military. Because um, there, I read a book called um, My Labs for Military Abduction. And uh, this couple wrote the book and it's in my book too. Um, Cause I always read everything. I read everyone's books and whatever they read, I read, you know? So um, they talked about military abductions where people are abducted a second time after they've been abducted and tortured by the aliens. Then the military comes in, they abduct you again. They try to find out what you know, what you saw. Well, the, the ETs have, have wiped our memory. How are we going to tell them anything? So I really think in a lot of ways, it's military that are doing the stun gun. Maybe they have less primitive things. I don't know. There's too many questions. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, what, all right, let me just ask it. Instead of just saying it, let me ask you, do you find it frustrating when someone like me or Josh or any of the listeners try to go to you as an expert when you can't really be an expert on this topic? No, because I think everyone feels that when they are going through something, they're the expert of their experience. Good point. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm an expert of my experience. I figured out a lot of stuff uh, from using the tools in my book. And so I feel like I have a better handle on my experience. And so I don't, I think it's good to have questions because there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things I haven't thought of, you know. It really helps me to do these things because then when I'm, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with this tonight or last night, um, I have a little bit more information. So do you get any kind of indication that, well, I guess it's, if it's happening every night, you wouldn't, I was going to say, do you have any kind of indication like tonight's going to be a night? Is there anything that, that feeling or heaviness in a room or anything? Um, not so much anymore. So it used to be that I would get the sleep dart and I would know that I was going to fall asleep. And at first I was really angry about it, of course, and I would fight it. 
and I would fight it and then I would be up for hours. So they would try to keep hitting me with it and hitting me with it. So they would sleep dart me maybe four times. Well, then I was awake for, if I fought it, I would be awake for multiple hours. So I um, finally just thought, you know, this isn't a smart because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sleeping well. I'm not, I can't function the next day. And what I should do is just try to fall asleep so that I can be, figure out everything I felt before sleep and write it all down. Sure. Then when I uh, wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes have my journal by my bed so that I can get up and write everything down that I can remember. Because what I found is there are times when I'm in between, like in between awake and asleep. And when I'm there, things make a lot more sense to me. I can gain information. So if I'm smart and I go to sleep right away <laughs> and then get up when uh, I wake up and write everything down as quickly as possible so that I can go back to sleep, you know, then things will be better. So I finally just stopped being my own worst enemy and just started working with it and be made them the guinea pig, right? I'm studying them. You flipped it on them. I like that. You're, you know, instead of just being a victim, you're like, nope, I'm fighting back. I'm taking control right. of this situation. Um, Rebecca has a really great question. Uh, let me pop that up on the screen. She says, um, does she think that they're mad at her for telling her story? Are you afraid of any retaliation from it? I'm not afraid of retaliation. They did try to retaliate quite a bit while I was writing my book. Um, I actually had and I do think there are in my computer. And the reason I think that is because um, my editor, George, I would send him, he would send me edits and they would have little bubbles, you know, where they have, you know, compared, you know, where you compare the documents sure. and he yeah. writes what he wants and I write what I want or whatever. And at one point, um, first of all, there would be all these strange things that would be in there. Like there would be double words like two, two, they, they, B, B. And they weren't there when I sent it to them. Really? Uh, yeah. So then uh, almost at the very last, there would be, um, there was a huge, so George would say, you know, Lisa, I think you need to do this and that. And he would write, and there'd be a little bubble of his little, his what he thought I needed to say. And then I would write back, well, you're wrong because I think blah, blah, blah. And so, so we would talk back and forth like that. And so one of the times there were huge deletions and I was just it was ask that. And our um, our names were switched. And then there was another person in their name administrator. And so <laughs> Oh wow, that's terrifying on top of terrifying. Who's doing yeah. that? So I didn't know what was going on. The other thing too, and I really do think it's AI uh, on my computer, is because my um, my files will be changed, but the timestamp won't change. That's scary. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you, when you wrote your book, so you wrote it all online, you didn't do it on, um, like, as soon as you started realizing that kind of stuff was happening, were you like, oh, I've got to take it off of being online. I got to do it old school, writing it longhand or on a typewriter. No, what I did was, um, you know, I'm a former legal secretary and typist and word processor, uh, in addition to being a former IT. I, I worked my way up. So um, I, what I did was my husband thought I was crazy doing this because, uh, <laughs> but I would print out everything I wrote because I knew I could retype it. 
So that's how I did it because that's the only way I could figure out how to make sure nothing happened to it. And you could see that like, especially I'm assuming with the deletion, but you could see when they were editing or something was editing that it was different than what you had printed out the night before. Right. Because it would be X'd out. Wow. Oh, because you're uh, doing comparison. You're doing a compare documents. Oh, sure. And oh, yeah. Um, Todd asks, um, I may have missed it if she mentioned it, but has she ever tried hypnotic regression? Um, no, I haven't. And the reason I haven't done that is because um, I feel like I believe that the ETs or the military or whoever are using hypnosis on us to a degree. And that's how they get us to do things. So I just I feel a little leery of hypnotic reg oh, that, <laughs> regression. I don't blame you. There's again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a part that you talk about hypnotic suggestion in your book that was scary. It's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, again, and I don't know. I don't know why I say this because it's written on the very bottom. But again, if you guys are just joining for the live chat, obviously, the you know, if you're listening to the podcast, it's still us. But for the live chat. This is Lisa O'Hara, author of Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back and How You Can Too. Now, before we go any farther, I want to be able to get all your stuff out there. Where can people find the book and find you? And again, someone asked, can you please repeat the Facebook group you talked about a second ago? My Facebook group is Abducted and Furious with Lisa O'Hara. I have a um, Facebook page called Abducted and Furious. And if you go to that page on Abducted and Furious on Facebook, there it's under groups. That's where my group is. Uh, you can find my book on Amazon. And it's on, only on Amazon right now because I'm new. I'm a new author. And so it's an ebook. And also uh, the ebook is $3.99. And I think it's on sale now but for $2.99 or $1.99. Oh, it's such a good read. And, That's such a good deal. And uh, the print book, because of printing costs and all that, um, is $12.99. Still, that's a great deal. Now, I, I want to say that everybody that listens, uh, please definitely check out the Facebook group. Uh, make sure you like her, make, like the Facebook group. If you do get the book, it really helps new authors. I get a lot of new authors on here that say it really, really helps them to leave a review on Amazon. It gets them out there. It shows people, it get, makes them to a wider audience, if you will. So, uh, all I ask personally, and obviously she didn't ask me to say this, I'm saying this myself. All I ask personally is if you do get the book, leave her a great review because it helps her out. It gets her story out there, which is the most important thing that we can do for her is to help her get her story out there. Yes, that's true. And thank you for saying that. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's my pleasure because... I want to make sure that I help anybody that's on my show that's nice enough to come on my show, especially giving an hour and a half of your time. And again, a fantastic uh, uh, conversation, not even interview. I consider it a conversation. So I want to make sure I help you out as best I can. Um, Lauren McCune says, do you ever try to speak to them telepathically or even out loud? Like with changing your writing, are you ever just like, oh, come on, guys, seriously, can you just not? Yes, I do. I actually yell at them a lot. <laughs> And, um, you know, I do, I do. I telepathically talk to them and I tell and I also write, when I write down things, I sometimes say, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> um, so they know how exactly how I feel about them. Has that changed <laughs> the way that they interact with you when you started pushing back, fighting back, saying you hate them? Um, I believe it does. Well, to a degree. Okay. So one of the things I think that they, uh, they enjoy some of them 
is uh, they enjoy our negative emotions. So if we're oh, fearful, really? they're really happy. And if we're angry, they're really happy. So um, I, I, over time, I think I've come, gotten a little bit more indifferent to them. And I think that makes me a little less interesting. Wow, that's really interesting that they, they feed off of fear, which is, again, something that I've heard from other abductees as well. So that's yeah. really interesting. Russ has got a great question. He says, can we get an autographed copy? Paid for, of course, but is that available? Um, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> um, I Somebody did ask me for an autographed copy. Um, you know what? Uh, I guess, it, I don't know. I don't even know how to do that, but I, I would do it for you. <laughs> If I knew what to do, maybe we could have an intermediary. They could send it to you, it, send it to you, and you could send it to me or something like go. that. I'm, I'm happy to help any way I can. So that's definitely a possibility. We'll figure out a way that, that we can get that to happen because that's a great question. I think there's going to be a lot of people um, that when David Oman was on here, uh, another author that I interviewed, uh, people wanted autographed copies of his book as well. So there you go. So that's something that, to think about yeah. as well. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate whoever wanted that. <laughs> yeah, Russ, there you go. Um, let's see. There's, oh, I know I missed a couple of questions. There were so many popping in for a second. I know. I'm sorry. I don't know how long I was gone, but that no, sort of no, sucked. No, 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 You were totally fine. Like I said, this is, this is one, it's part of the thing, you know, when you're, when you're doing new media like this, there's gonna be a, you know, a glitch. Usually it's on my end. Um, so I'm very happy that I wasn't the cause. It didn't shut down everything. So <laughs> Um, Me too, because then you could keep it going until I finally came back. And that's exactly <laughs> it. I just kind of bantered for a little bit. Oh, Alexandra, I'd be up for an autographed copy as well. well there you go. This is awesome. Um, let's see. I think I've got most of the questions. I, a couple people said they didn't want to call in. They just wanted to do it here. But I think I've gotten all of the questions. Yes, Amantis, absolutely terrifying. I completely agree. Um, that's still the scariest, one of the scariest parts of this whole thing. Um <laughs> I know everyone here talks about grays, but nobody talks about praying mantis. Heck yeah. Oh, here's a good one from Donnie. Have you ever talked to um, like the other, like Whitley Strieber, Travis Walton, like the other big abductees, especially on the convention circuit? Have you ever talked to them and what did they think of your your version? Because it's, it's different. Um, actually, I haven't talked to Whitley. Um, I was only at that one convention and I don't know if he went, but I did talk to uh, Terry Lovelace of oh, sure. Incident at Devil's Den. And he was really nice. He thought it was really different and interesting. He encouraged me. Um, I, I wanted to talk to that guy. Is his name Travis Walton? Or? Yes, Travis Walton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get to talk to him uh, last time I was at the convention, but I would like to talk to him. I'd like to talk to other people. The problem is, is that I just have terrible timing <laughs> and I published this book right, right, right before COVID, you know, so... Oh, I didn't even think of this. Todd, of course I should have asked Todd how he does it. Todd wrote a book as well. He said self-addressed paid postage is how a lot of authors do autograph copies. So oh. that's something to think about if, if you have like a P.O. box or can get a P.O. box. Um, that's a great suggestion. And, and I'm sure that if you have any questions, Todd can help you because he's a, a phenomenal person, a great guy, but B, he's very knowledgeable about that. Okay. Well, who is he? Where is he? Is um, he on this? He is on there. His name is Thomas on here. Um, I, okay. I just know him in real life, so I know him as Todd. He's a friend of mine. Um, okay. He wrote a fantastic book about, um, or co-wrote, I don't know how Todd wants me to say it, uh, about a Debbie Moffat incident, which is a terrifying incident that seems to be like one of the most 
favorited episodes that I've done and absolutely incredible. So Todd is actually a really good person to, to know for that kind of stuff. So, uh, okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if, if it is something that you're interested in, I can make sure that we, he and I both, uh, I can pass his information to you or we can reach out to you. Somehow. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, oh, Donnie said, I love hearing about similar experiences. Thank you very much. I agree. Thank you very much. I, it's getting to that point. It's an hour and a half, so I don't want to keep you too, too much longer, but I do want to definitely thank you so, so much for being on here and having such an amazing conversation with me and with all of us. I think that uh, everybody's gotten a lot out of this. This is fantastic. Well, I really appreciate being on here and I appreciate all of the comments and the questions and the people who are interested. And I appreciate you for having your podcast so I could find you on the best podcast to Aww, listen my... to in 2021. That's yeah. where I found you. Is that right? Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask off the air how you found me. I was so happy you did because, like I said, I, was, I, I jumped for joy when I saw that email. And I apologize. It took so long. There's so many emails that get flooded into that, that email address. Uh, but when I saw it, I was like, I definitely have to to <laughs> respond because this was such an interesting uh, topic and then a, a great read. Like I said, you know, I've only had it for what, a couple of days and I was cruising through it. I don't like to read it before bed. Cause again, like Whitley Strieber, yeah. it scares me, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll tell you that, but uh, what a great read and, but a very interesting, there's so much more for everybody that thinks like, Oh, well, I've heard her story. I don't need the book. Not even I've, I was very cryptic for a lot of my questions for that reason that there is so much more in the book. It talks about, oh, I was going to ask you, how do you pronounce it? Lao, Lao Xing? Lao Chi. Lao Chi. Lao Chi is very interesting. Read the book. You're going to have to read the book if you want to know about that. Um, but I thought that was very interesting. And, then, and there's a lot of stuff. There's, there's um, talks about mediums. There's talks about dreams. There's, there's actual journal entries as well, like dates and dated entries. So there's a ton of the stuff that I didn't even broach because I want you guys to go out and read the book as well. Um, but thank you so, so much, Lisa. Thank you uh, again. If you want to do any, any shout outs, any, you know, want to reiterate where they can find you. This is the, the floor is open to you. Okay. So my website is Lisa O'Hara online.com. Uh, my Facebook page is uh, abducted and furious. Um, and then Abducted and Furious with Lisa O'Hare as my group. And uh, my book's on Amazon. There you go. That's all I can think there of. You go. <laughs> and I'll put the link on my Facebook page, on the Paranormal Almanac Facebook page, and the Paranormal Almanac group Facebook page, because I know there's a lot of people that check that one and not the actual page. The, the episode, just so you know, Lisa, this episode will be out in the next three or four days usually, sometimes maybe even tomorrow, depending because the weather, I'm not going to be able to really do anything. So maybe I'll even have it out tomorrow. I'm not going to be doing a lot of editing. I'll just kind of cut out a little bit of my banter in the middle of it. But okay. um, so, so this will be out for everybody from around the world. And just to let you know, like I was saying earlier, I get hundreds of thousands of listeners from around the world. So don't be surprised if, you know, they do reach out from, you know, some other part of the world that might surprise you that I get fantastic uh, fans from around the world. So hopefully they reach out to you. That's my hope. I hope they guys, I hope you guys read it. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And what, what episode number is it? Oh, that's a darn good question that I do not have the answer to. 
Um, you think I would be smart enough to know what episode I'm on? Uh, 130 something, I'm guessing. 140 something. Um, I won't include this as a bonus quarantine episode because those are those are different. I think it's 138. I think it'll be 138, but that's just All a right. guess. But it'll say your name bold right there. Um, this right. is not going to be just a bonus quarantine episode. This will be a full episode for everybody to listen to right there. Donnie said a true believer here in Iowa. Uh, Russ said, thank you, ma'am, so, so much. Susan said, thank you. This was very interesting. Josh, thank you. You've spooked me, but you've opened my eyes what could possibly be experiencing. Um, yeah, so there you go. You got a lot of people that are really appreciative besides <laughs> myself. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Please be safe. Please don't send them my way. I couldn't handle that. I'd wet the bed. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'm not sending them anywhere. I'm taking care of them over here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you again. Have a great one. Okay. How great was she? How fantastic was that? I cannot thank her enough because... I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect from this. You never can tell. You could read a book and then go, oh, this could be, this could go sideways real quick. She could have came on a camera with a tinfoil hat. You know, you never know what you're going to expect. And um, what a delight. What a very, very tough woman in the best possible sense of the word. She is brave as all hell. Shit, I couldn't deal with that. I could not deal with with uh, praying mantises on the side of my bed. Telling you right now, praying mantises, you come to the side of my bed tonight, I'll pee on you. You know, like like when I go back home and I'm hanging out with my nephews and there's like a, a frog by the creek and I'll pick them up to show my nephews and then then it pees on me. I go ah, like that's what I'm gonna do to praying mantises if they come to my bed tonight. Um, yeah, Josh, any bugs, any bug aliens coming for me? Better know how to box. Exactly, seriously. Oof, duh, that was that was a fun one. Um, that was a great one. Well, hey, I hope you guys liked it that are watching this. Thank you so much for your questions. You guys, this is why I pushed her to, I said, I not pushed her in the bad way, but I pushed her towards like, I would really like it if you'd rather do a live episode with listeners because they have better questions than I ever could. And I said that to her in email. I said, you know, we can do a regular Zoom interview, boom, done, moving on, like the Christian Paranormal one. But I think it would be better with you guys involved. And boy, was I right. Because you guys, you filled in any gaps that I might have had and had phenomenal questions. Thank you guys so much. Um, that about does it for tonight. Honestly, I uh, I got to say, it's about an hour and a half. That was a, that was a good length. That was fun, huh? Um, well, uh. Thank you guys oh so much. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll put it out as soon as I can. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, tomorrow I'll have it put out for you guys. Episode 138. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. Glad you guys are keeping track because I can't. Um, but uh, thank you guys oh so much. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another episode of Paranormal Almanac. I'm not